Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. There was a lot of interest uh, awaiting the naming of the All Black 15 um, to tour uh, Ireland and to, to play at Tottenham Park as well in uh, London against the Barbarians. Yesterday, a 28-strong squad was announced with selections done by the All Blacks panel of uh, Ian Foster, Joe Smith and Jason Ryan, we are told. Uh, and the mix are eight players with Test Rugby experience, including uh, their skipper, Patrick Tuopolotu, named as uh, captain yesterday, amongst uh, some other candidates as well. And joining us is the editor of New Zealand Rugby World magazine, Jim Kayes, to talk about that selection. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning, Smithy. Good selection. Paddy Torpolotto is captain for you. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's probably four or five maybe in that um, All Blacks 15 um, who will be pushing hard to get back into the All Blacks, pushing hard to make it into that uh, squad of 33 for next year's World Cup in France. Patrick would certainly be one of those. Uh, Luke Jacobson, perhaps another one. Uh, both halfbacks, I think, and uh, the really interesting one, Damien McKenzie, who obviously was an all-black when he played in Japan and now has to work his way back into it. So those, I guess, are the five that I'll really be looking hard at uh, in those two games against the Island Day and, and the Barbans. Let's uh, look at the makeup uh, first of all, of the forwards, Jim. There's 16 uh, players picked in the forwards, eight of whom are Canterbury players. Um, no backs, no Canterbury backs in, in the group at all, but eight forwards, and I think that suggests where our forward production line is. Yeah, and I guess, Smithy, if you look at the All Blacks forward pack, uh, some of the stars are, are in there as well, aren't they? Scott Barrett, uh, for one, Sam Whitelock, uh, the young fella Newell coming through, you know, the, the list goes on. They certainly have been very, very good at producing high-quality forwards, and it is no surprise. Uh, that they're, you know, perhaps the team to beat in the NPC now, and uh, and as you say, there's was it eight eight of the eight of the uh, fours that have been picked from there. There's a couple of surprising admissions, or well, maybe not surprising, but Peter Garcia Kula was picked in the All Blacks, and now he can't make an All Blacks 15. Um, so so that's a little bit interesting, and there's certainly a lot of speculation around about why that is, um, off-field misdemeanors and those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it certainly does show that the red and blacks are, are a production line of forwards. It's interesting for me that uh, they went uh, for both TJ Perenara and Brad Weber. I thought they might go one of the two, um, but uh, really interesting going for the two. Is that a lost opportunity to find something out about someone else, or is that uh, just a, a clear illustration that the, the number nine jersey at the top level is very much up for grabs, particularly behind Aaron Smith? Yeah, well, we've certainly got five very good halfbacks, haven't we, Smithy? Um, and perhaps it is a lost opportunity to give someone else a go. But those two that you mentioned, Weber and Pinanato, they will be absolutely keen to get back into that all-backs environment where, particularly for TJ, he's been such a feature for, for about a decade now. Um, I really like the, the cut of uh, Brad Weber's job. I just, I just don't see where he fits into that all-backs trio, though, because I, I like the other three that are in there, too. 
But I would say this, mate. I think for the first time in his career, Aaron Smith is under the most pressure. Uh, huge pressure. He, he's Look, we know he's been a world-class, perhaps the best in the world for a very long time, although DuPont has moved ahead of him now. But he has become a little bit predictable. He has become a little bit one-dimensional as a halfback. And I think there are some really strong alternatives to Aaron Smith. That's not to say that I think that they're going to go with those alternatives as a starting halfback, but there, there certainly is now real competition and real depth at halfback. And look, that's a good thing. Aaron Smith will tell you that's a good thing. Um, and if it, if it keeps him honest and it, if it brings back parts of his game that need to come back into a bit more of a running game, for instance, uh, then that's a good thing. Effectively, um, the All Blacks have, uh, during a small time of this tour up north, they're going to have, what, something like 60-something players available to them. So if you're not in that group, you might be looking perhaps uh, at something overseas or you might be seriously taking a long look at your game and your future, Jim. 63 players, Smithy. Um, and, and you're dead right. You know, if you haven't made that group, then I don't think you're any chance, really, uh, to, to make the World Cup squad next year with a couple of exceptions to that. Joe Moody is out injured, um, and mm. Ethan Blackadder is out injured as well, and I'd give both of those two uh, a pretty decent shot at making that World Cup squad. Uh, but even within the All Blacks, you know, there's going to be a bit of movement. Ian Foster said on the breakdown on Monday night, on Sunday night, uh, so you might see three or four guys go each for each of the, the games that the All Blacks 15 play, the one against Ireland, the one against the Barbers. A bit of a switch over there. Certainly guys like Roger Tuivasa, Sheck, Lester Fine and Nuku. Um, these guys need games. They need to they need to find themselves. Um, Foster said Stephen Perifetta is going to play against Japan, uh, but I'd suggest that he needs both Japan, Scotland and one of those other games up there as well. Um, and so, yeah, It'll, it'll be interesting to see how he shuffles those around, but you're dead right. Apart from one or two very notable exceptions, if you're not in that 63, then you're really not in there thinking, are you? No, you're not. I, I can't see how you possibly can be. Um, and you mentioned Stephen Perifeta, uh, and I suppose he is uh, looking over his shoulder. Uh, I mean, you can't, couldn't blame the kid, and it's not really through his own doing. But the name uh, Damien McKenzie is always going to be on people's lips because he's that kind of player. He, he's one of a, he polarises people uh, to a certain degree, Jim, because he is so brilliant at one moment and not quite so brilliant the next moment. But he is a game winner, a game changer. Uh, clearly, clearly he's got close back, even though after his time in Japan. Yeah, I'd, you're dead right. You've summed him up. Game changer, game winner. I'd have him in uh, um, 23 just because he's so good off the bench and like Bowden Barrett can cover first five and, and full back. Um, but Paul, we've got some exciting backs, you know, because there's a few people that fit into that into that category. But Stephen Petter, I feel sorry for the young fellow. You know, he he's made his debut in a one-minute um, run on when they were losing to Argentina in in um, Christchurch. I thought it was embarrassing, really, that they put him on at the time that they did. It shouldn't have happened. Should have protected his debut for a more meritorious and a more memorable moment. Um, but yeah, he, he needs game time. He needs to get out there and play, and he needs to show that he can foot it at an international level. Because at the moment, we have no idea. Um, you know, one, as I say, one minute where he didn't do anything doesn't really tell you anything. So he's in a he's in a tussle, yes, for sure, with Damien McKenzie. But at the moment, he, he had both arms tied behind his back. So I hope he gets some opportunities. I hope he gets to start against Japan and maybe against Scotland. Uh, and, and I hope that he flourishes because he's clearly a, a talented player. 
Mm, clearly, absolutely clearly, and he's a work in progress. When I've invested a lot in him, uh, two or three names. Uh, 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 there's so many, Jim, because the quality of our, our, our rugby is pretty darn good, as we all know. Uh, no, Sean Stevenson, Tavita, Tavita yeah. Lee, Josh Morby, Tyrone Thompson. They're just four that sort of came to mind out of what I've been watching lately. Yeah, look, I'd agree with all of those. I wonder, to be to leave, whether he had already signalled whether he was going back to Japan. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you can... We could throw probably another four names on top of that. Um, and, and there's just so many particularly good outside backs at the moment. Um, and, and you've got to pick someone, don't you? So, yep, I agree with you. There's a few names that are a little bit surprising, perhaps, that are missing. Um, hey, one guy that I should have mentioned before, Asaf Almoa. He's another one who's obviously been in the All Blacks, is still firmly on the fringe of the All Blacks, um, and, and he's another one who could take this opportunity and, and really impress as well. I've got a question for you. What do you think of the name of this team? Because I don't like it. I don't like the way that the, the name of the All Blacks is being misused, I believe. I think the All Blacks are the pinnacle team in New Zealand, and uh, New Zealand rugby's made a big mistake by over-marketing and diluting the, the brand. Yeah, that's, I, I, I quite agree with you. And as I said um, uh, to the boys in the breakfast show right at the end of their show, I, I'm not a be- big believer of A-teams or, or, you know, New Zealand cricket second-elevens or, or, you know, over the years I've just kind of thought, no, that, that it, it, all at one, it signals to, for them straight away, your second best. But to, it should have, if, if it's to be an ongoing thing, I totally agree with you then perhaps, uh, you know, if, if we're going to send a side over, uh, I, I, I totally agree whether it's Aotearoa 15 or, or something of that. So yep. it's its own unit that you look for. I personally uh, would like to see um, the Māori All Blacks uh, go overseas and spread the culture a bit further wide. Um, and, and the reason I say that, Jim, is because they are an identity. They are a side people want to watch already. And within their ranks, let's face it, they're providing the backup group anyway. Um, and, and so I totally agree with you. I think New Zealand 15 is just a... And if not, name it the Saracens. Name it... Uh, you can't call it the Barbarians because, of course, they're playing the Barbarians. But oh, I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's a misnomer. It really is. Yeah, it is. Um, and you did write about the uh, the Māori team. And again, I, you know, the, the Māori All Blacks, the All Blacks Sevens, I just think we should have the All Blacks and uh, let those other teams exist in their own ide- in their, in their own with their own identity. I love the New Zealand Māori team. I think it's a fantastic side to have, and long may it continue. Uh, but there is one All Blacks. Uh, you know, we don't wish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean. I don't like. I just don't like it attached to other teams. Uh, and I think those teams yeah. should be allowed to establish their own identity. And that's that's not saying anything negative towards those teams. Only about the name. Yep, totally agree. Um, agree on that one. Um, here's another one for you. Uh, people have just uh, texted in. Uh, what about Kurt Eklund? Two backup hookers uh, out of uh, Canterbury, but Kurt Eklund doesn't make the grade yet. I thought Kurt Eklund's played pretty good rugby this year. Yeah, he has. Um, he, he was he was very good for the Blues, wasn't he? Um, and again, I think Cody Taylor and, and Dane Coles will be under a little bit of pressure holding their spots because... There are some good ones coming through. Um, is it, I always get the bells confused. It's George Bell, I think, who's the exciting hooker coming through. Um, yep. And, and as I said, I suffer a more as well. And look, you just come back to the fact that even though there are 63 players who are heading away, you can only name a certain number and people are going to miss out. But Kurt Eklund, yep, another one that you say is uh, 
perhaps a tad unlucky. Right, Jimmy, uh, can we just change tack for, just for uh, a, a second? Uh, I think it was sure. everything that everyone wanted uh, at the weekend, wasn't it, at uh, Eden Park with the, uh, the, the Black Ferns on show, of course, and uh, in the end uh, getting their act together and winning quite comfortably. Pretty much uh, I would have thought everyone would have left the ground satisfied, wouldn't they? Oh, it was a fantastic night. I took my 16-year-old daughter and three of her friends along. Uh, they went to see Rita Ora, and they came away Black Ferns fans. And, uh, and that's the truth of it, the reality of it. They absolutely love the, the afternoon, the, the evening, the occasion. Um, and, you know, so from a fan perspective, fantastic second-half performance by the Blackburns. Wonderful to see them get that win. If you're Wayne Smith, you'd also be smiling a little bit because you're able to show them the, the video of the first half hour and say, hey, don't get too far ahead of yourselves. You're pretty ordinary for 30 minutes. Uh, this is what we need to work on. So from a coaching perspective, fantastic too. And, you know, when I heard people like uh, Ruahe Demant and, and Ruby Tui speak afterwards, and just, you know, Demant said, I don't want tonight to finish. And that really summed it up for those players. What a fantastic occasion for them to run out with 34,000 people there. Um, and, and I just, yeah, I totally agree, man. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic evening. And, uh, and hopefully the World Cup just gets better and better from here. Yeah, and that is, uh, I brought it up in my sermon just briefly. I, I'm just a tad worried here, uh, Jim, because <clears throat> World Cups, uh, and I've been to a lot of uh, World Cups in, in a number, and two codes in particular, but I've followed other ones, including the FIFA World Cup. Not very often they go seven days without any action, and that is the danger. There's the upside of the triple header, which is value for money and a great day out, but then you have the absence of any action for five to six days, and you just wonder if you run the risk of losing a bit of momentum there. Yeah, I totally agree with, with that concern. Um, I guess time will tell, but yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I like seeing games every couple of days. Um, I also, if I'm really brutally honest, would have liked to have seen a few more games played away from Auckland. Uh, you know, Dunedin under the roof, perhaps. Queenstown, what a magnificent backdrop. Um, Nelson, Chicago Park there. Those sorts of places, just to to move it around a little bit. I understand why they've done it from a financial and logistics perspective. Uh, and I also understand why they're, trying, why they're playing the games on the weekends because they hope that more people will get along on the weekends. But, yep, I definitely share your concerns. I, I think it's a little bit of a gamble and we'll, we'll, you know, time will tell. But I think they have sold out this Saturday at uh, Waitakere, which is great. But, yeah, momentum, as you know, Smithy, momentum's important, not just for the teams, but for the crowd, for the tournament. And there could be uh, a drop in that momentum, as you say. And the uh, the other thing uh, that I, I briefly touched on too is that England are the favourites for this tournament. No one uh, will deny that. They, they're trying to put um, trying to put a, a face on the fact that um, it's New Zealand's to lose now. But uh, don't worry about that. England will believe. Um, and and yeah. we, we don't know, we don't we don't know them. Um, and somehow I, I think we we need to perhaps showcase uh, players from other teams as well. I mean, the big game of the weekend undoubtedly is France against England at, uh, at Whangarei. But we don't know anyone. Jim, and I just wonder how they get around that. Yeah, it is one of the um, difficulties of, of the women's game at the moment. And hopefully this, this sort of level of publicity will bring a more household name to some of those players. Look, they've got 458 caps they had in, in their starting 15. Uh, they've got more caps in their forward pack uh, than the Black Ferns had in their whole starting 15. They've got a couple of players in there who have played more than 100 test matches. 
their lock was the uh, women's player of the of the year last year. Um, and as you say, and I heard you sermon that you know they are the team to beat, not not New Zealand. They are a fantastic team. We all thought they were going to just rumble it up, but man, they showed some pace out wide uh, on Saturday as well. So. Um, that will be a. I, I know that Wayne Smith, Wayne Smith has said publicly, he said in New Zealand Rugby World that uh, he does lie awake at night worrying about the, the England Ford pack, you know, penalty, kick for the corner, line out, drive, try. Um, so they're a formidable team. And uh, I just hope it's New Zealand versus England in the final, Smithy. I, I hope that the semi final seeds France play England again and uh, that the Black Ferns go on and take on England in, in the final. That'd be a fantastic occasion. And Jim, just finally, if we could uh, touch on the NPC, because I've just got a text in actually, saying uh, you haven't talked about the NPC, but it, it was on my list to talk to you about. We're down to the last four. Uh, it, to me, it's been a, a hell of a competition. I've, I've absolutely loved it. And last week, all four games could have gone either way. Uh, somehow they've stumbled onto a great concept, which has produced some terrific, even rugby. It has, absolutely, and I'm looking forward to a Canterbury-Auckland final and Auckland winning the final. Um, mm. it would, it's, just, <laughs> it's just such a pity that so few people are going along to the games uh, because they deserve bigger crowds than, than what they're getting. Uh, and I've heard a lot of negative talk about the NPC and should, should we continue with it and all of those sorts of things. Like Jingo's, the NPC is the lifeblood of New Zealand rugby uh, and may it continue to produce wonderful players, may we continue to rely on it to bring through players um, and just hopefully people, you know, find it in the south to get along and, and, and watch a few more of the games. But it's going to be a, a great semi-final occasion this this weekend. Uh, and as I say, I'm, you know, Auckland snuck in on the weekend, but I'm hoping that they do a bit better this weekend. Jim Case, uh, always great to chat to you, uh, editor of New Zealand Rugby World magazine. Thanks for your time this morning and covering all of those bases. Uh, Jim, have a good day. Yeah, thanks, Smithy. Always good to chat with you, bud. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Jimmy Case there uh, helping us out, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, some uh, views across that. Um, yeah, New Zealand 15, it is hollow, isn't it? It is a bit of a hollow name. What does it really mean? Um, it means, in essence, it means the, 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 the not-so-best of the best, really, doesn't it, when you, when you particularly the All Blacks are on tour at the same time? Um, wouldn't it be great to have uh, give them another name, another identity, and, uh, I don't know, there's... Uh, there's all sorts of uh, versions out there. Maybe you want to text us on that, double eight double three. What would you call them? If you don't want to call them the New Zealand 15, uh, you can call us on 0800 150811. Send your texts in as well. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.